Hey there, you are listening to Pushing It, where we normalize the shit out of pregnancy, birth, and life with a new baby. I'm Elise McAllister. And I'm Jen Lair. We are kind of in an emergency state right here in Seattle. It doesn't look very emergency outside right now. It doesn't. But what is about to happen in our very own city, I feel like I need to do this, dun, 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 (laughs) come on, kids, can't stop going, dun, 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 (laughs) is Snowmageddon 2019, or Snowpocalypse 2019. Has that been trademarked? No. No. No, okay. No. So we are going to get anywhere from one to 30 inches (laughs) of snow. Reports super accurate. (laughs) (laughs) What is most scary about this snowstorm, folks, is that in Seattle, snow, snow, is that we do not know what to do with snow. No idea. So we apologize to all of you listeners who are living in parts of the country where it actually does snow and people don't flip out. It's true. And where your city has more than two snowplows. It's true. Rumor has it, Seattle has two snowplows. I think it's probably more than two. I read 32 the other day. Oh, really? But I heard that we would need over 200. Oh. Yeah. Also, we have a lot of hills. Somebody said to me the other day, they were like, oh, do you have a four-wheel drive vehicle to get around if it snows? And I was like, oh, for sure, I do. The challenge is I have yeah. to look up on the internet how to yeah. put my car into four-wheel drive because quite oh, honestly, don't know I've only used it once. Doesn't it just do that automatically? I don't think so. The, I think so. I don't know. The I'm time assuming. I drove to the mountains, I had to put it into four-wheel oh, drive. You should find that button then. Yeah, it's got a button. Okay, good. So just I mean, it just that. shifts into that, I'm pretty sure. But I think you have to start no. in, I don't know. The drive that's like... Oh, Jen. The, this the drive is, is the lower gear We don't have thing. to subject them to this. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll find the manual for you. We'll figure it it's out. It's not a super old Honda Pilot. Like, it's not very old. It's a good car. But I, it, uh, yeah. it's just a couple years old. But, whew, I don't know, guys. You don't want me on the road in... Snowpocalypse 2019. I think you'll be okay. No. I won't. (laughs) (laughs) There is no doula-ing her out of, it's okay. You can do this. You've got this. No. No. She's like, no. I just choose not to. Oh, Seattle drivers are the worst in the snow? They're talking about me. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I do love to build snowmen and snow angels and yeah. yeah. Have snowball fights and drink cocoa. Do you do you make snow women as well? Oh, for sure. I'm where very. The, why are the snow people? Mad? I know. Where is the inclusivity? In... There is none. None. No, but you know what? We get snow so rarely that it, what I like to do is when the um, when the weather forecast says like snow's going to start at three a.m. I like to set my alarm no. for three a.m. Oh, and look out and see if it's snowing. Are you serious? Before kids, I used to take a walk in the middle of the <gasps> night when it was snowing at the you time because are it's a often over by the time you wake up in the morning. Freak. It wouldn't even be there. Oh, and that makes sense to me. I'm making fun of you, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's yeah. adorable. Some might even say I'm a planner. 
It's Ooh. true. Like, I like to plan for those things, Ooh. which Brings is a really us. lovely segue. What into... a great segue. <laughs> It's such a Our good topic. segue. You almost ran into a wall with your segue. <laughs> that was rough, Jen. So today okay. we are talking about birth plans. Okay. In fact, the topic is birth, writing a birth plan, planning the unplannable. And that is trademarked Jen Laird, unplannable. Unplanable. Actually, is that actually a word, though? I don't know. Okay. I'll have to look it up. But uh, the unplanable is birth. And so it's kind of funny to think about writing a plan for something that is really unplanable. And mm. which is why we encourage folks to call it something like a birth wish list or a... Birth preferences, perhaps? Ooh, birth preferences. Yeah. So there are so many things that you can call it. And you can call it a birth plan, too, as long as you... Um, really look at it with um, the eyes of knowing that it's you're not writing this in concrete. It it feels I think similar to a wedding plan. Oh, where in a wedding plan you have decided, all right, this person's going to walk down the aisle. This is how this whole thing is going to work out, and then that sweet little flower girl, <laughs> she can't get down the aisle. Actually, let's let's make it the ring bear. In my wedding, it was a ring bear. Pretty Aww. darn cute. I didn't get to see it, but apparently this is what happened. It was the nephew. How old was Noah? Like maybe three-ish? I mean, little, little guy. So cute. And he's, you know, more of a laid back, quiet type individual. Well, you got this room with a couple hundred people in it, and he's supposed to walk from the front to the back while they're all staring at you, right? He gets halfway down the aisle and he stops and he starts to kind of whimper. And so my husband meets him halfway, picks him up and talks to him and brings him the rest of the way. Oh, so sweet. Pretty sweet. So um, getting back to the idea. so totally not as planned, but it worked anyways. No, but it worked anyway. And there was some sweetness in that. And of course, I could have freaked out right? Or my husband could have freaked out or people could have been really, if, if you hadn't seen the beauty of emotion and of like a moment in time, then sure, that might've felt a little yucky to you. But, um, that's why it was, it's birth preferences, right? Versus a plan. Cause to me, I know, gosh, it's just language, right? But to me, my thoughts around having a plan versus a wish, Last weekend, we had some plans to do some things. And then because of the weather and things. <laughs> the first snow yes. apocalypse. Yes. Oh. Um, the way that things were turning out, it my plan was not going to happen, right? I have gotten much better with that where I used to get really bummed when things, my plan didn't eventuate. But having some flexibility with that, things turned out really well. So, again, totally language, but I think sometimes for some of us, language is actually important. And when I say there's a plan versus here's what I'm hoping for, my personality engages much better if things don't eventuate um, out the way I thought they would because it was a hope. And now I can flex. Yep. And even so much with, like, the words preferences like I would have preferred that but this works too can can really feel all right I think sometimes right you know I I often have a preference but if it doesn't go that way it can work out but if it was the plan I do not like it when things Uh -uh. do not go as planned for me when I see things plan like 
something as a plan, it feels very much in concrete to me. Yeah, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. So what is a birth plan and why then even have one if you shouldn't even call it a birth plan? Ooh, definition time, Elise. Dun, what dun, dun. is I'm just this keep doing that. birth plan preference wish listy thing we so describe yeah we've had a couple folks lately who we've had as clients even say to us what is that which has been kind of fun true because i feel like we used to hear people all the time talk about it It was kind of a, a hot topic and everybody had this you know was on a mission to write a birth plan or a birth wish list and now i feel like not everyone knows what one is so let's talk about what that is a birth plan birth wishes birth preferences <laughs> the all-encompassing trinity of <laughs> things we're calling this this document this document oh yes document. i feel like i can see like beaming lights from this uh, piece of paper some people do have beaming lights from this piece of paper oh would yes. you say it is a piece of paper i would definitely say it should be a piece of paper and you versus just put the emphasis a, on the word a i did we're not talking a book this is not ah. a three chapter novel with a beginning middle and end oh um it's small and we'll get to that so yes. let's define it so essentially it is a document let's call it from here on out a document and on this document <laughs> you are um writing... her serious face for yes that one. i did it got very serious <laughs> for a moment there um we write down kind of our hopes and thoughts around um, birth. So um, let's give some examples. I think that helps to define it a little bit more. Um, you are intending for what kind of birth? Um, are you intending to have um, quite a few medications um, to for pain relief? Or are you intending to not use medication? Um, do you want um, less people or more people in the room um, during labor and postpartum? Um, would you like the giving a little feeling of the atmosphere in the room where you're probably going to want to use soft music and have it kind of dark in there. Um, so I think in my professional opinion, if I can give it right now, I see as a doula um, helping folks prepare for this experience that the birth wish list is a way for you to kind of think through what do I want my atmosphere to be like um, in my while I'm birthing right? Yeah. Um, and to include some of that on there. I also see a birth wish list as a place to think through and discuss with your partner so that you guys can both be on the same page. I would even say that's really the power of it. It's not about having this piece of paper that yes. you you turn in like a homework assignment. Right. Um, it's really about the process. setting your intentions yep. with whoever is going to be at this birth with you, but spending this time preparing and saying, what do I want and what feels the most important? What mm. can I let go of if I need to let go of things? Where do I have flexibility? And we'll talk about that some more in yeah. the show. But what matters the most to me? And what do I want? Because I think a lot of times we don't really know what we want. Right. Some people, I think, grow up knowing what they want yep. for birth. But I, I don't think there are as many of those people out there as... I think social media portrays. I, I think there's this idea that we all feel this calling to birth. And um, right. maybe, 
there are those people, but I think yeah. a lot of people are pregnant and then are like, whoa, I got to figure out how I want to get right. this baby out of my body and I should do this soon. And that's okay too, because you spend yeah. a lot of time growing a baby and then you get to this place where you need to shift your focus on getting a baby out of your body. Yeah. And until you get closer to needing to birth a baby, it's okay to not know what you want. Yeah. Um, so, I like yeah. I like this vein of talk that you're having here, at least, where it's um, we want to give honor and like nod to those people who are like, I have dreamed about my birth. I know what it's like. Mm-hmm. I would say my experience, often those folks have had maybe um, experiences within their family system of potentially out of hospital births. And so they saw a sibling born, they saw a niece or nephew or a friend's baby born in a home or birth center setting. And because they were along that journey with these folks, that feels very comfortable. Like, oh yeah, that's just how you're supposed to have a baby. And they're drawn that way. And then we see other folks, I would say the vast majority of us in the world today, how are we finding out? And I'm going to say world, probably I'm thinking also North American continent here really is we have seen images on television portrayed of this is how babies are born in movies in TV shows etc which usually includes um, a manic dash to the hospital and suddenly there being um, the birthing person going ah it's time and it being a lot of chaos, which reminds me, oh gosh, my kids are on a watching The Office, um, <laughs> uh, all of The Office. Oh, like, can there's we, some birth on The Office. Can we please turn off The Office already? Anyway, they're teenagers. <laughs> it's appropriate. Um, anyway, and I just watched the other day when she goes into labor. Oh, and, and Pam has her baby. Yes. Was it the first baby or the second? Oh, it was the first. Ah, uh, yeah. Hilarious because she wants to wait till midnight to go to the off, uh, hospital because she wants to have two nights in the hospital paid for by um, insurance. And then um, contractions get closed together. He's freaking out and like, okay, yes, we'll go to the hospital. And then it cuts from that scene to the next scene is dad like walking around outside i've been sent out for ice chips nurse comes out and says it's time to push and he's like yeah we've only been here 19 hours which is hilarious Ah. because of how many hours had gone by before they actually even went to the hospital and then it was 19 hours later which i thought was a great like just a little bit under the radar of C. She wasn't about to have a baby, even though he was freaking out, thinking she was going to 19 hours previously, right? Yes. Um, so anyway, all of that is this portrayal on media, which is typically how we know about birth. Or I would also say that we can get kind of scared hearing people's birth stories that are not the most uh, enduring uh What's the word I'm looking for here? Is like empowering. Empowering. There's a good yeah, word. Because nobody comes up to you in the grocery <coughs> store with their empowering birth story. It's always, oh my goodness. Now let me tell you about my second cousin's birth, who, you know, yes. this terrible thing happened. That's yeah. got to stop. Yeah. 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 So I guess what we're trying to say here is that um, what can be helpful is for us to figure out some information that 
resonates with some of the choices that we can make around birth because we do know that long-term satisfaction about your birth experience is about whether or not you felt supported during it as well as if you felt like you had choice along the way Mm -hmm. so even if that is an invention intervention that is out of your control that if you actually felt like you could pause and make a decision about the intervention, your long-term satisfaction is really different. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's kind of why we're asking, Let's. I, th- I feel like it's a twofold thing. First of all, it helps you know the stuff you don't know that you don't know. Does that make sense? Like, because you have to look at, all right, what are some of the things that people put on birth birth plans? Oh, I didn't know about that. I had a choice about this thing that could or could not be done to my baby after it's born. And I think it takes the pressure off of you for feeling like you need to know all the things. I, I feel like I often hear about people looking up on some of the most popular websites for birth planning. And you could write a 20 page birth plan because there's, you know, you need to make a decision about Pitocin. Mm -hmm. You need to make a decision about, you know, every, you know, epidurals and narcotics in birth and, you know, anything that could go into an IV ahead of time. And it's like, how could you possibly make a decision about absolutely everything ahead of time? Uh, No, rarely does somebody know if they're going to need Pitocin um, unless it's an induction, before labor begins. So right. how could you write in your birth plan, no Pitocin, right? Well, people, people do. Sure. And, um, and I think we're not always aware of why a particular induction, I'm sorry, intervention might be a helpful choice right. in, in this particular situation. So there's the micro and the macro, right? Where there's like, you get up close and go, oh yeah, this makes sense for my situation. But we can also get a lot of rhetoric of sweeping judgments about particular interventions and how they're definitely gonna end with X, Y, or Z. Right, right. And I think it's easy to say, oh gosh, I definitely am not gonna want you know, I'm just going to use Pitocin because that's an easy, it's an easy target. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not going to want Pitocin. I know it because I hear terrible things. Right. And we often encourage people to say, you know, keep an open mind on these things because we want you to use these interventions in labor to help you to get a vaginal birth. You want to use them as tools, tools rather than interventions. Mm-hmm. And so there, there is a very big difference in how to use those. Yeah. And that comes from getting information in the moment. So right. gathering that information and making a, a wise choice or, you know, an informed decision, right. um, which we'll right. talk about. So how do you make an informed decision to use that as a tool rather than an intervention that's going to cause a cascade. I think it's also helpful with a partner that you get into this moment. And if you hadn't talked about some of these choices that we have, um, that both of you might either A, be uninformed or B, not have actually talked about it to know what your thoughts were together um, for that particular choice 
that you have. I'm giving an example. I'm thinking about, let's say, um, a um, immunization that could be given to your baby. Um, it's not uncommon. Most hospitals in America ask whether or not you would like to have a hepatitis B vaccination following the birth of your baby. Um, and if that isn't something you've chatted about with your partner or you just don't remember, then that can be like, a, oh, shoot, I don't remember what we're doing. Uh, I, I don't know. And it can cause some miscommunication, misunderstanding, etc. So it's nice to, I think, engage with this stuff before you're actually in the situation because there's so much happening. You're like, I don't. I don't want to remember about all this. Oh, look, I wrote it down. Now I can remind myself what I was thinking about that. So, Absolutely. So yeah. what goes on this? Um, I think the big things are when making this that we need to think about what goes on it and the length and um, what these top priorities are. So let's yep. let's start at the top here. Let's talk about the length of this. One piece of paper. One piece of paper. I once heard a pretty famous author who's done a lot of writing on this subject and childbirth in general. And she said, yeah, I'm a little embarrassed that in some of my books, my um, ideas or thoughts, things to think about for putting into a birth plan, which would probably eventuate in a client's birth plan being somewhere around two to three pages. Wow. And she's like, I don't think I really thought through that in the, sure, these are great things to think about, but who is going to read a three to four page document about all the things that you want? Um, so she said, I just realized as an author even that it was like, oh, shoot, there's a lot of these books in publication and whoops, I put all of this in there. So really thinking about keeping it a one page document because you're going to get, potentially you could have a, a chat with your provider, midwife, OB, et cetera, um, before like at a, at a prenatal visit where you can, here's, here's my birth plan, what do you think? You know, have them look it over. Or it's something you're just gonna take with you to your planned birth location, hand to the nurse that's with you during your care, probably your OB or midwife is going to look it over, but it's a in the moment sort of plan. It We encourage folks, don't worry about putting on there, I don't want an induction because right. it's too late. You're already there. If you're there, if you're there, you're, you're either having an induction or you're in labor. And so it's just another line that kind of clutters things up. Right. Along with, um, I want to labor at home as long as possible because oh, yeah. if you're there you're not laboring at right. home anymore right i want to eat in early labor well early labor's done and you're now at the hospital <laughs> you know <laughs> just go ahead and eat in early just, labor yes right go ahead and do that so yeah. um those are sort of non-events um we encourage starting the um, birth wish list with um, a couple of sentences at the very top. My name is Jen, and this is my husband, Dave, and we're really excited for the care that we're going to receive here. We know that we're having a baby girl, and her name is whatever her name is. You don't have to put that down, but whatever. It, I would say it's two to three sentences of tiny little happiness, like... Hi, here's our names, and we're excited about having a baby. 
right? Absolutely. And if you have a doula coming with you, put your Mm -hmm. doula's name and their experience. So uh, when we are the doula, we often encourage our folks to say, you know, my doulas are Jen and Elise. One of them will be with me and they have over 10 years of experience working in area hospitals. Um, I think it's just helpful so that this, the team there knows um, a, a bit about them. And then if there are other people that are coming too, mention who those people will be too. You know, my sister will be here. Yep. Um, or whoever. So then bullet points are your bullet points. best friend. Yes. Not so, numbers. Bullet points. Yes. Bullet points. Not paragraphs. No. Short and sweet. Imagine Less words, friends. if you are trying to read this and you're having a conversation with somebody while you're trying to read it or you're trying to type something while you're reading it. So multitasking while you're reading it. You want it to be as easy to take in as possible. If it's, yep. if somebody is skimming it, we want them to absorb as much as yep. they possibly can. Right. Um, let's pause for just a second. Um, the difference between, not literally, let's, let's pause going through the uh, birth wish list here. Um, Moment of silence. <laughs> we know that we have folks listening out there who are intending to have an out-of-hospital birth, mm-hmm. meaning in their home, a birth center, etc. And then we have those folks who are intending to have more of a hospital birth. Or a hospital, not more of a hospital birth. So (laughs) if you are intending to have an out-of-hospital birth, then um, a birth wish list becomes a little less necessary um, due to the type of care you've probably been receiving prenatally. So to have an out-of-hospital birth, um, there's been a lot of intention and planning that has gone into this about what to expect from an out-of-hospital birth. Also, the type of care that you've had is typically known as a partnership model of care, meaning that there's a lot of education and there's decision-making back and forth along the way. You've been probably more in more more um well, usually longer opinion. prenatals so you've yeah. had a lot and usually a smaller team too exactly so that you've often had a lot of discussion about right. your wishes well said Elise thank yeah, you that thanks. was what I was looking for yeah um this is not bad good you guys this yeah. is just defining a little bit of the to- those types of uh, models of care so knowing all of this having a birth wish list you probably know pretty well what to expect as does your provider because she's been hanging out with you or he's been hanging out with you for months and months doing making these plans so not quite as important what might be more important to you would be a transfer birth wish list, meaning if I need to leave my planned location, such as your home or a birth center, and move into a hospital location, what are those bulleted points that you want folks to know? And along with writing, you know, your name and your partner's name and who else might be there, you would also include, we are a planned out-of-hospital birth, and thank you for the care we're going to receive here, or something of that nature, okay? Okay, going back to what we're putting on this list. What are we putting on there first? First priority would be things about your birth and your laboring, 
Okay, um, some of this is going to be a little bit variable depending on which section of the country you live in. Mm -hmm. So here in Seattle, um, we have a lot of things that are just kind of done without needing to really explicitly say what our wishes are. For instance, if we meet with a client and they say they have their top line is we would like the lights to be dim or we would like you to close the door um, as you come in or out of the room. It's obsolete here in Seattle because that's something that's typically done. Um, and you don't have to really remind folks to try to turn down the lights. Whereas if you lived in another section of the country, maybe that would be something that would need to be put on there as maybe a first line of like, I intend to have low lighting while I'm laboring, mm -hmm. um, things of that nature. If you have a doula with you, you can just ask your doula to be in charge of those things as well though. Yeah. Or if you have a partner with you, you can ask your partner to be in charge of the lighting. The, the yeah. door might be a different situation, a different. but yeah. the lighting, you can pass that job off to somebody else. Yeah. I think what we're going to do here is rapid fire kind of some things to think about adding to a birth wish list and not talk about the pros and cons to each of these things. Because yeah. otherwise this podcast would go about two hours and nobody <laughs> has time for that. Well, I mean, you do, but you know what I mean. Okay. So I'm thinking about um, a lot of area hospitals will want to take a um, blood sample from you to cross match it to ensure that in case you needed a tr um transfusion that there is your type of blood in the hospital so some hospitals do that um, and then they would also put in a port um, in your arm um, if you had strong feelings about having um, no uh, IV hooked up to that port then that is something you might um, put on your birth wish list okay other people will add on there I wish to um, move freely during my labor. Um, I wish to use a, uh, the bathtub mm -hmm. as a tool for, um, relaxation. Um, I wish to eat and drink freely. Other movement too, that you might need their supplies for like a birth ball or that you're bringing your own birth ball that you want to move and use those items yep. as well. Yep. If you have particular needs or desires for clothing, um, mm -hmm. I want you to think about putting that on there. Um, this is a word to those who are survivors. And when I say survivors, I'm talking about um, folks who have survived um, abuse. Um, typically, that is a physical or sexual abuse. And so the thought of being unclothed or um, having a vaginal exam, for instance, without a lap blanket, um, I'd like you to please put a line on there that I would, uh, modesty is important to me. If you felt um, like you could disclose, just say that I am um, a survivor. Mm -hmm. um, that could be helpful. I understand there's a lot of vulnerability with that, that um, that might not want to be shared. At the same time, it could be a really helpful thing for your care team in the ways that they engage with you during your birth. So. Um, yeah, so if clothing is a thing for you, then put that down. Short short list of I intend to be, I, I'd like to be covered yeah. um, during my birth. Yeah. Um, How you would like your baby to be monitored. Um, yes. Would you like your baby to be monitored continuously or intermittently? Some of that will depend on your situation right. and risk. Uh, but if you are low risk and it's okay with your provider, 
some folks can be monitored intermittently. Right. Um, so we've got that. Let's see. Some folks would like to know um, their dilation and the way that things are changing internally, and other people find that not helpful information to them. Um, some folks want to have regular vaginal exam. Others are like, nope. I really don't want to have vaginal exams. And some people only want them by request. They don't right. want them offered. And speaking of requests, um, what your preferences on pain management are. If you would like to have pain management um, as soon as possible, put that down. And if you intend to not have pain medication, put right. that down. If you are flexible, but you would like it by request, put that down. And um, if there are types that you do not want or you specifically do want, put that down. So yep. often I'll see people say, I intend to um, have no, uh, no pain medication, but if I do change my mind, I will uh, request it. Please do not offer. Uh, right. That's just an example. There's no right or wrong way to do it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, thinking up. About if there's particular people you would not want in the birthing room. Oh, so good. Yeah. Let's say there's some family members who are are really um, set on being at the hospital, but oh, yes. under no circumstances do you want them in your room with you. Your <laughs> mother, your mother-in-law, your second cousin twice removed who <laughs> really wants to be around. Then you could also put that on there of. Um, Please don't admit anyone into the birthing room besides my partner, my doula. I don't know. My Only my third cousin. Yeah. Three only times my, removed. Oh, she's allowed, <laughs> but nobody else. Um, so you don't have to list all the people that you, you might have a friend who drops by. We're not talking about that. We're talking about, I have a strong feeling that my mom is going to want to come in there and I'm not going to want her in there. Okay. This is not an affidavit. This is a birth preference. Okay. Right. Meaning, you can always change your mind. You can change your mind on this stuff. Yeah, this is this is not a contract. This is no. not a birth contract. No. You are always allowed to change your mind. Right. Um, in some parts of the country, I think it could be helpful to put on there um, that you would like to push in a um, various positions. Mm -hmm. um, if you had strong feelings around that, that could be helpful as well. Um, and then I think we kind of move on. Are we ready to move on to our babies? I think we are. All right. So some ba things that um, another human's coming into the world, and you get to make decisions on his or her behalf. First, this baby comes out of your body and goes somewhere. So somewhere. where does this baby go? If your baby is doing all right when he or she comes out, a lot of folks want this baby to come skin to skin with them. Here in Seattle, that's standard unless the baby needs a little extra assistance. Yep. So in Seattle, you don't need to write that on your birth plan, nope. but in other places you do. So if that is not standard of practice where you live, put mm. that on your birth plan. Yep. So typically, let's say that you've been laying on your side, for instance, and this baby came out, then that baby's just going to go up onto your belly and you're going to be able to engage with your ba baby in that way then. Um, another decision you have around um, after baby's born would be um, delayed cord clamping versus immediate cord clamping. Again, you guys, this is not the podcast where we go over all the ins and outs of these things, but that's something you can definitely look up and figure out, is that something that we're interested in? And again, mm -hmm. that's somewhat dependent on what's going on with baby. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Check uh, it out. Uh, Read up do, on it. How do I even talk about this, Elise, without going into too much detail? This is really hard. This <laughs> is <laughs> really, really hard. <laughs> we like a lot of detail. I know. I just could talk all day on these things. <laughs> we could always just talk all day. Uh, that's true. It's yes. true. Yes. So look at delayed cord cutting and decide if that's the thing for you and um, if you want to put that on your birth plan. And then um, and the next big thing, I think, is what you want, how you want to feed your baby and um, what your preferences are there and how to best support you in that. I'm thinking about Pitocin, mm. even before that, before the baby feeding. Yeah. Um, so Pitocin after um, baby is born is different than Pitocin during labor. So right? true. So um, in some areas of the country, they or Even the world. The it's world. a World Health Organization it recommendation is. even. Yeah. So... These days, we're not seeing a lot of shots of Pitocin in the thigh. What we're seeing more is that um, some Pitocin is given intravenously. We talked about that port, um, meaning a, a place, a vein um, that has a port in it, um, that an IV is hooked up to that with Pitocin. And what that does is help to, um, here I am explaining it when I'm not supposed to, ah. is to help um, your uterus clamp down which would lead to less bleeding or blood loss so um that might be a question you ask your provider and what's happening in your area um and if you had strong preferences around that um okay back to baby uh okay so baby's on you now and what's our next decision around baby already fed your baby you're feeding oh, yeah, your baby feeding your baby how are you going to feed your baby uh are you wanting to exclusively breastfeed are you bottle feeding? Or are you bottle feeding? So that's a good little um, bullet point on your, um, do you have strong feelings about your baby receiving or not receiving a pacifier mm. after birth or while in the hospital? So depending on your choices there, that would also be important to put on there. Yes. Um, and then we got some medications for this baby. Ooh, we options. sure do. You mentioned that hepatitis B vaccine yep. um, earlier. So yep. you have a choice. On that, you could give it, get your baby can, of course, receive it at time of birth, but there's other options too at the pediatrician or, of course, um, some some folks choose to not vaccinate. Right. And just to put that timeline in there, when we talk about birth, this is not like, oh, baby's on my belly here. Right. Let's give this baby a shot. Nope. This would typically happen within about 90 minutes following birth. So everything is calmed down. Baby's had their first feed and um, things are, you know settled at that point so it may vary hospital by hospital yes. so check again with your provider yep. it's the trickiness here is to make a generalization yeah, for really, every place in the country or in the world because we have listeners all over the world we do yeah um okay so um we got hepatitis b decision and then we've got erythromycin eye ointment which is um, an ointment put in the eye. Um, and we're going to let you, we'll talk about it probably at some point with our podcasting, but we're not going to go into it now. And then that third choice typically is vitamin K injection or shot given to the baby. Um, so, And ask your provider if there are other things that your baby receives at the time of birth yep. that you need to make decisions about. Uh, some babies do get their blood sugar checked, so that True. would be another thing that could potentially go on right after your baby is born. Pote potentially, that's for a baby that is um, a little large for gestational age, meaning they're 
um, over a certain poundage. Or small. Or small, exactly. Or a mom who has had gestational diabetes. Um, also sometimes needs to have blood sugars taken. Um, I'm also thinking about circumcision. Um, so sometimes folks put that on their birth plan of they do or do not wish to circumcise. Um, and um, that could lead to more conversations as well with your provider about other options around that. Um, and then last but not least, typically we're not seeing um, babies taken to nurseries. Um, babies have a rooming in, meaning they're with you um, during the duration of their stay in the hospital. Um, occasionally though, in some parts of the country, then um, babies are taken to a nursery for a part, uh, maybe while you get some rest, etc. If you had strong feelings about baby not going or them receiving it, the words that are often used would be artificial nipples, meaning um, that they would be given a supplement um, of food or beverage, meaning sugar. Sugar beverage. <laughs> Steak and wine. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, sugar water or formula. Yeah. Or um, a pacifier um, would also be um, an artificial nipple. So um, I think this we're mentioning this um, because, again, all parts of the country. Yes. Oh, and the only other thing I can think of would be if you had plans for your placenta. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So some people want to take their placenta home or have their placenta encapsulated yep. or do something other than those things with their placenta. So yeah. whatever you choose to do with your placenta um, if you're keeping it or yep. made arrangements. So right. um, let them know so it doesn't go away. That makes a lot Some of sense. Some people have to sign a release as well. So yeah. thinking yeah. about those things are all important for your birth plan. And um, some area hospitals actually will give you a birth plan template, which includes like check boxes and you can write in that sort of thing. Um, I don't know that there's like the way you should do this. If you want to type this up with your bullet points, like we're telling you to do, or to use the one provided by your um, area hospital. Do a fill in the blank. Yeah. Or Play Mad Libs. So, some <laughs> of the ones we see, I've seen this in the last few years, season, some really cool ones where it's just pictures. So it's images you can look up on Pinterest as well as on the web. Um, and they can have they have downloaded um, birth plans that are all just in images. So I got to tell you, I hate the pictures. Do you? I do. Oh, I don't why? know why. I don't like them. I don't like change, Jen. Oh, I once went to a birth that was so sweet. Um, he had made up, like, gotten really cool images. And then guess what he did? He laminated it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> they look like menus. It was kind of cute. That's really cute. And then he gave it to the, like, hospital staff. And I was like, can I keep this? It's kind of fun. <laughs> That's really cute. They were laminated after all. After all. I don't know if I could do that. I don't know. The pictures, I feel like I then have to think more about what those pictures mean. I just want to see the words oh, okay. and read well, it. But all of us operate different. Yeah. So I think the goal is to really keep it simple. Um, but here's the thing is you might be hearing this and thinking, uh, that's not a whole lot that you've got on there. So... What do I do about all these other things? Because we hear about these cascades yeah. of interventions, and what if somebody comes in and says, "I think you need a C-section," and I didn't put on that no right. on that birth plan that I don't want a C-section. We never mentioned that. That was never a bullet point that we mentioned. No, nope, that's true. We so don't why, mention it. Why didn't we put on there no C-section? 
Um, and Great that is question. because we want you to make a decision in the moment with the right. information that you have. And oh. the way that this comes down or uh, unfolds is we want you to use your brain. <gasps> My brain. Your tell brain. me more. I know. So anytime a unexpected change comes up or a decision needs to be made in birth, we want you to use your brain. And it's this handy little acronym that we use in the birth world. And somebody, somebody so incredibly clever made and we up this. give you all accolade, but we can't know who I you know, are. We don't know who you are. We tried to find the copyright for the brain. And Brilliant brain person. Whoever you it. are, you are amazing. Yeah, and we don't we know who you, you are. Cheers. Yes. Cheers to you, brain person. We we drink our cold coffee in your name today. Yes, we do. We okay, do. tell me about this brain. Brain. Um, it's uh, It stands for benefits. So what are the benefits here? The B is for benefits. What are the benefits of this intervention? Wait, so, give, me a, give me an overview first. Throw me out an intervention, Jen. No, I meant do... like tell me what brain stands for, the B-R-A-I-N. Oh, benefits, risks, alternatives, Interventions and or intuition. Or sorry, yes, intuition. Sorry, I said it wrong. Oh, intuition. Did you? Okay. Okay. Yeah, never interventions. Like, oh, okay. Intuition or next or nothing is for the N. Right. Alternatives. You left out the alternatives. Did I? So Try. benefits, risks, alternatives, intuition. Or next or nothing. Oh, yeah, you're right. I couldn't spell there. Sorry. <laughs> did you try to do Brian? I think I did. <laughs> oh, Brian. I always want to I add an you, S Brian. on the end so it can be brains. Oh. Have you ever heard my um, my only joke that I know? Oh, yeah. Tell me. It's a it's a um, zombie joke. Uh-uh. And so if it has an S on it, I can do my baby zombie joke. <laughs> yeah. What do baby zombies eat? Uh Brain. Membranes. <laughs> Sorry. Nice. Birth humor. Thank you. It's such a dad joke, it, right? It's very much Membranes. a dad joke. Membranes. Yes. Yeah. So that's why I want brain to be nice. brains, right? Okay. Okay, great. So let's just throw out an intervention. Okay. So let's, um, I'm in labor. Okay. You're in labor. I'm... Oh, I was going to be in labor, Jen. I want to be in labor. Oh, you want to be in yeah, labor? Yeah, okay, yeah, you be in labor. You're going to give me an intervention. Oh, oh, am I the person? Oh, oh, like (laughs) I'm the person giving you the choice of an intervention. Hey, Elise, your your contraction seems to be kind of slowing down. Oh, and you're you're pretty well um, dilated, but I'd like to see them coming a little closer together. So one intervention that I'm thinking of that we could do is I could just break your water for you. Oh, okay. Well, what would be the benefit of that? Oh. Oh, no, I have to actually tell you all the things. Maybe I should pick another <laughs> scenario then. Let's let's go with Pitocin. Because okay. I feel like there could be too much opinion. Oh, okay. Let's use Pitocin, Jen. I'm going to go with Pitocin. <laughs> Sorry. Scrap that intervention. It got a little too touchy there. <laughs> we don't want to give off too much of our opinion here, folks. Okay, Pitocin. All right, same scenario. Elise, I know it's kind of slowing down. What I'm thinking might be helpful is if we added a little bit of Pitocin. Okay, okay. What would be the benefit of that? So the benefit of that is that right now, um, your contractions are really far apart. And because they're so far apart, it, most likely there well not most likely because I'm making up this scenario right um, we're not seeing the type of cervical change that we would expect in this 
phase of labor. And so um, that Pitocin is going to help those contractions get closer together, which is going to help your cervix change. Oh, okay. And I'm going to ask you the risks, but maybe we give you a little blah, blah, blah on that because I kind of feel like we might get into a little uh, liability around this. That's true. So we're going to go blah, blah, blah. Here's what the risks are. It's going to make it feel a little bit more intense, perhaps. Yes. (laughs) We'll go with that because that is true. With Pitocin, your contractions are going to feel more intense and... And then we'll leave it there because there are some other risks. Yeah. But we don't want to get sued, so we're not going to tell you. (laughs) Um, How about the alternatives? Is there anything else I could do other than Pitocin? Yeah. Actually, um, Elise, there are a couple things. So I'm thinking you've kind of been in bed for a while. Have you been moving around? No, I haven't. No. Have you... Should we, does this get too um, controversial too? You could try some nipple stimulation. Oh. Um, and I'll tell you more about what that looks like. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm pantomiming to Jed, breaking my water. But... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it looks like you... I'm trying to push uh, like, into Pooh Bear's you, stomach are you over like, <laughs> Are you fishing over there, Elise? <laughs> like, okay. are you fishing? Are you disco dancing? <laughs> okay, Elise, another alternative might be that um, I you're far enough dilated that maybe if I broke your water, oh. that could be helpful as well. Okay. So there's no, another alternative. Okay. Hmm, what does my intuition say about this? You know, my gut really says that, you know, if I did do a little Pitocin, that I could actually handle this getting stronger, and that I've been doing this a while. I don't want to get too tired doing Mm. this, and that I think maybe I should go this direction. But let's see what would happen if I just waited a little bit longer or I didn't do it at all. Mm. So is it an option to just like not do this at all or maybe like reassess in like an hour? That makes sense. So it sounds like at least you're trying to do both nothing and next. <laughs> Coming out of character here briefly. So I'm, I'm hearing Elise saying that she wants to do nothing right now, but also the next thing she would like to do would be to have Pitocin in about an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hopefully that was a good example. I think it was. I think it was. Yeah, good job, Jen. Good yeah. job, Dr. Jen. Yeah. yeah. So, of course, you guys, we this is the path of a conversation that could have. Um, and um, we didn't want to add in too much information either because this would need to be a conversation that is very specific to what's happening in your labor pattern with your baby, with your body. There's so many variables. That's why it's difficult to get too exact, mm. right? And I use this like when I get car work done. I oh, think gosh. about it in my head. Like, what's the benefits and the risks? And, totally. Um, yeah, so you could use this a lot in your life. It doesn't even have to be around birth. But I, And I use it when I take my kids to the doctors, mm. too, the pediatrician. I think about the benefits and the risks of everything that right. they do. And as you get some practice with it, yeah. you, you don't go through each letter quite so slowly. You just right. kind of... Get in the rhythm of it. It feels a little it. more organic when you're actually with somebody trying to have a conversation. But I think what we're trying to do here is plant a seed of here's how you can have engagement and feel some power in a decision making process versus I feel like stuff is being done to me and thrown at me, right? Which you, is the big difference, right? Yes. To feel like 
you're attending your, you are part of your birth. This birth is yours and birth is not being done to you. Right. And I think that is a very subtle difference. It is. That you get to, to help make possible, right? Yeah, you get absolutely. to engage with your birth in a way that feels like it's yours and not happening to you without your involvement. Whereas we've seen folks put on a birth wish list, um, for their provider and say, we want time when giving any decision for you to leave the room, meaning doctor, so we can have time to discuss it. Yeah. And I'm not sure, I think we often will kind of say, tell me more about that. Because in real life situations, is there a way to organically have communication with a provider without saying, I need you to leave? so I can talk about this. That might be appropriate in some situation, but in others, it's more of how do we just go through this decision-making process while gathering information with a provider on the spot? It doesn't have to be, we're gonna have our little powwow over here um, and have this secret discussion. Yeah, and I think really deciding what feels best for you. What kind of decision maker are you? Yes. I know that there are times where I feel a little bit of a power struggle, and that makes me feel anxious in decision making. Yep. So if that's your style, if that's your how you get, sometimes um, a provider can be up above you if you're um, lying down or you're sitting on a birth ball and a provider comes in and they're standing up they're wearing a white coat and you're lower than them. It's not an intentional power right. play. No. But sometimes people get this kind of this yeah. feeling of, oh gosh, I, I, I don't I don't know. I don't yeah. know what to choose. I'm just gonna do yeah. what's offered and not really make that choice. Even if that choice is exactly what's being offered. Right. Then right. for that person, it's best to say, I, you know what? I need a moment to think about it. Totally. Can I have a moment? And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, and for others, it feels really good to have that provider in the room and engage in a yes. conversation and to feel like together totally. they're working as a team coming up with an answer. Yeah. So decide what feels best for you and it's totally okay to to do both and to have a conversation with your provider and then say, you know what, I'm not really sure that I feel really solid right now on the answer. Can we have a few minutes to just mull this over? Totally. And it doesn't have to be you guys go step in the hallway and then I'll let you know when we decide. But really, can I just have a little bit of time? Most things aren't emergencies in birth. Yeah. And when it is an emergency, they're not your provider's not gonna come in and stand there and wait for a decision. It's just gonna happen. Right. So know that you can you could do both. You can have yeah. a conversation, you can ask for your provider to go out and come back in. Um, you have lots of time to pause the situation and find what feels best to you. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, that's how to write a birth plan. Ish. I mean, it feels as clear as mud because there's not rules to this, but I also like that because everybody's individual and you get to figure out what feels best to you. Um, and then there's the F word. (gasps) The F word. I almost forgot about the F word. Jen loves the F word. I love the F word. I don't always have an easy time um, living it out in my life. <laughs> There's all you kinds tell of people what the F innuendos word there. So the F word in this case is flexibility. Ooh. So we remain flexible 
And sometimes that F, it feels like an F word, a derogatory a term. It um, does feel like a four-letter word sometimes. It does. I don't like being flexible, Jen. I don't Jen. either. Tell me why, to be, I why should I be like flexible? I like plans and control, and I like to be able to predict what's happening. And flexibility is a little different stance than that. Flexibility yeah. is how do I engage and make a decision or uh, change my thought pattern as something external comes into my view, mm. you know? And, um, if I am hoping that my baby is going to come on its own and then I reach one week, two weeks post to due date and my baby's not coming, then I have some choices to make. And some of that is going to require some flexibility because I really wanted to have in this scenario um, an intervention free birth. I wanted that time at home when I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm in early labor. And now I'm going for a walk in the in the neighborhood. And I had these. Taking a birthday cake. Yes. I had these Netflix things that I was going to watch and blah, blah, blah. I love how you get a high voice in early labor. I know. Isn't that funny? <laughs> <laughs> Mocking myself. Um, and then I had to be flexible mm-hmm. because this is out of my control. I cannot want myself into active labor. Uh. And that's a bummer. And so that's when flexibility becomes challenging. And yet I can also choose in that situation the way that I'm going to uh, engage with it. I can either feel powerless or choose to be powerful and say, not my intention. And yet this is what's happening. And I will just put one foot in front of the other and I'll go. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's moving forward and not necessarily moving your body forward. It's more of in my heart, I choose to do the next best thing, not my intention, but I make this choice in the next best thing. And that's the challenge with being flexible, isn't it? It is so incredibly hard and so satisfying (laughs) in the end. And Elise, I think we're talking from a place of parenthood that... flexibility starts in pregnancy childbirth and then it moves on to the postpartum period where you have to remain flexible because you thought you were going to have this baby who slept for hours at a time (laughs) and you don't right and then that's i think the name of the game with parenting is that we remain flexible where uh, we get choices along the way and how we react to those things right Yeah. I mean, so many times I have said to somebody in labor that this is the most parent-like thing that I've seen or what they're doing where they're, they're giving up their ideal plan for their birth to bring their baby out into the world the way that their baby needed to come out because babies don't always choose what you want or what you feel like you need. Right. Um, And the same with kids. And And we live that often with our own children. I think we have to be careful here that we're not saying um, have good intentions and have a thought and a plan to move in a specific way. Like, those are good things. Yeah. If I want something, if I'm intending for it, then I'm going to move in that direction. And it's birth. 
There oh, are I love that you said that. people involved. I really love that you said that because I do, I always feel a little heartbroken when I see people say that they're not going to write a birth plan because right. you can't plan birth. And, you know, that they're... They're really kind of anti-birth plan. And as much as we say, you know, maybe we won't use the words birth plan. We'll say, you know, birth wish list or, um, you know, preferences. We still want you to set these intentions because we do know that actually quite a few people do get their birth preferences or their birth wishes. And often it's that intention that stays with. If I... You can still have a dimly lit room with the people that you want to have in it, no matter how your birth unfolds. Right. You can still have mother-in-law you don't want in your room not coming in your room. You can still have everybody talking and quiet voices, and you can still push in a way that you want to push, even right. if your plans for pain medication have changed or, you know, just no matter how things have changed, whether you're planning a home birth and you're now in the hospital, I think yeah. most of the time when I see births change, there's still sort of the, the essence of their birth plan is still mm. very much there. So please put, put your intention yeah. and thought into this birth plan. Uh, because really, it's there, and I think it's really it's great to sit down and think about your mm. your hopes and desires for your birth. And I think a good example of this, Elise, is the two um, birth interviews that we've done. And um, I think it could be helpful for people who are a little murky on well, what is, what are they talking about? Where um, birth plans change, etc. I think both of the interviews that we did. Um, those folks had intentions um, that due to circumstances that arose during their birth, those things changed. Yes. And um, I think that could be kind of put some feet on the ground for what we're really talking about here. So maybe go back and review those, listen to those birth stories. Amanda's and Isabel's birth stories. Yeah. Because Isabel... A couple episodes back. Isabel had a birth plan that looked different than what presented itself during um, her experience. And so did Amanda's. Yep. And both of them were both very happy with their births. Right. right. So go back, take a listen. Yeah. Yeah. listen to our, our birth plans here and our thoughts around all of this um i would like to have some engagement though we are totally open to answering questions and thoughts and all that good stuff so um we're on social media pushing it podcast and meaning facebook and instagram and email us yes jen and elise at pushingitpodcast.com. Love to hear from you. We'll answer your questions. Please throw them at us. Hey, if you Facebook us, if you Instagram us, or you email us, and you want a sample birth plan um, sheet or some uh, templates on how to write it, we would be happy to send you some. How about that? That sounds like a good idea. Yes. Excellent. Yep. So uh, give us a shout. We'd love to hear from you. Hopefully, if the snow apocalypse hasn't taken us away, they'll hear from us next week, huh? It's true. Wish us luck. All right. Purr. Turn on the heater. Okay. (laughs) Bye, guys.
feel like we should sing Do You Want to Build a Snowman? Yeah.